Hi, I'm Crystal Craven, a singer, a songwriter, and a worship leader who's passionate about sharing what God inspires. And this is your weekly devotional. Let's start this week with Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, This has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. This section of scripture was the passage that I was first taught inductive Bible study on, and that later on led to me writing the first song I ever recorded in studio, which was, Here I Am, Send Me. And you'll get to hear that at the end of this devotional. I wrote this song based on Isaiah's vision of God in the heavenly temple and the words of Jesus in Matthew 9, that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. As I look over Isaiah now, it really resonates more with me today than it did when I first studied it, considering just how the world is growing more and more evil in these days that we live, in these end times, and moving closer and closer to the end of the age. As Isaiah's vision begins with him seeing the Lord on the throne, we see seraphim standing above him and calling out to one another that the Lord is holy and the earth is filled with his glory. There are angels in heaven that literally live to worship God, and they can't help but proclaim the truth of his holiness and his glory. It makes me look inward at myself and ask the question, do I, who have the living God inside of me, worship him with such fervency and adoration the way those seraphim do. I know that may seem impossible to match or, you know, exceed the worship of those angels, but as we move further into the passage, we end up seeing Isaiah's response that we can use as an example. God speaks and the foundations shake and the house fills with smoke. And if we look back in the Old Testament, We can see examples of this in the earthly pattern of the tabernacle and temple, and then even prior to the tabernacle, and as well as future heavenly happenings. In Exodus 19, verses 17 and 18, this was right after uh, God had led the Israelites out of Egypt, and Moses was at Mount Sinai, and it says, Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. 
And then once they erected the tabernacle under Moses in Exodus 40, 34 through 35, it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And even further in Second uh, Chronicles 5, 13 and 14, this was right after Solomon had built the temple and had dedicated it, and they had just brought the Ark of the Covenant into it. And it says, And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever, the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because the cloud, for the glory of the Lord, had filled the house of God. And then we look to our future and we see in Revelation 15, 18, right before uh, the judgments are laid out, it says, And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the sanctuary. So in seeing the Lord, Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So upon seeing the Lord, Isaiah may have even had this quick remembrance of the history in Exodus 19, when God tells Moses to set a boundary around Mount Sinai, and that he had just descended upon. And then he tells Moses, uh, warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord and look, and many of them perish. So this may have been what actually caused him to cry out, woe is me, because he would have known the Lord's words to Moses and the outcome of breaking through to the Lord to look would have been perishing. I love his heart in this though, because in seeing the Lord, he is immediately aware of his own iniquity and the depravity of his people, and he confesses it to God. In light of our perfect and holy God, we fall way beyond short of whatever pedestal we may have put ourselves on or the pedestal other people have placed us on down here on earth, and it should cause a fear and a trembling in us. The question then becomes, are we coming before our holy God regularly, being broken and recognizing our own iniquity, and then confessing and repenting of it? The very next action we see wasn't that of Isaiah, but of a seraphim who flew to him and touched his mouth with a burning coal from the altar, saying, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Refining is done in our lives through fire, and it's our Redeemer who has atoned our sin and taken away our guilt. He loves us enough to refine us. Once we are atoned and we have a clean conscience, it should actually cause a further response from us, though. So immediately following this, Isaiah heard God say, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? And he rises to the call and he answers, Here am I. Send me. He had just been cleansed and atoned for, and he was ready and willing to serve. Then, if you fast forward about 700 years later, Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest 
to send out laborers into his harvest. The mission of God has been and remains to seek and save the lost. And we as his followers are ones that he calls and equips and uses to carry out his work of reconciliation. The big question is, are we hearing him? Are we accepting him? And are we walking in that call? Sometimes we can just end up letting those calls go to voicemail. But God has works that he has prepared specifically for you to walk in. It doesn't matter if you feel equipped. He will equip you. And he equips those whom he calls. You just have to be willing to accept that call and walk in it. Not even by your power or might, but by his spirit, says the Lord of hosts, just as he told Zechariah in Zechariah 4.6. So I encourage you, spend time sitting in the presence of our King, the Lord of hosts, being broken before him, cleansed by his blood, and listen and obey his calling in your life, being quick to answer with, here I am, send me.
blogs, written devotionals, and more original music, visit crystalcravenmusic.com. And that's Crystal with a K.